Welcome to Rainmakers. Now to our host, Carl Grant. Welcome to Rainmakers. I'm here with Kim Greider, Managing Director and Head of Business Development for Raymond James. Welcome, Ken. Yeah, good morning, Carl. Hey. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. So, hey, look, what do you t- tell us what you do in your job day to day? And, and what is your mandate there at Raymond James? It's a big investment bank with a lot of professionals, and you kind of feed the engine, don't you? Well, you know, it's a, it's a tricky question. I usually like to try and hear other people in the firm describe what I do and my team does because everyone will have a different lens into it. Um, so I, I think the members of the team are the only people that probably have a full picture of what we do, but it is, it is business development, but it combines multiple coverage channels, which I think makes it a little bit unique in industry. So my teams have coverage or try to develop business opportunities for the investment bank from a multitude of channels. So we have coverage of private equity venture mezzanine institutions, we have coverage of our financial advisor network, which is a quasi-proprietary channel, fourth largest in the country, but approaching 15,000 financial advisors. And then we also have a professional coverage effort around law firms and accounting firms. So incremental to trying to develop opportunities for the investment bank from all of those channels combined, there's actually a bigger effort to try and simply create cross-referral opportunities independent of the investment bank for all those channel constituents. And really that's what creates the goodwill and drives the engine. So when they have something they can give us, they really want to get it over to us. So Ken, for the, the students uh, listening to this, that, you know, let's take it back to the very basic level. So an investment bank buys and sells companies, right? And it raises capital for companies. You, you'll take companies public. Yep. And then you also right. have Think a wealth advisor it. network, right? Yeah, we do. I mean, at the end of the day, the firm is an investment bank. So we're doing things that have balance sheet implications or financial implications. So owners looking for liquidity, growth capital, uh, and sometimes both of those at the same time we can accomplish. And we can accomplish that in the public markets and or private markets. But right. We're trying, to, we're trying to do something usually capital or balance sheet oriented. It sounds very complicated, but I've seen you doing your job and, and you look like you have fun doing it. Do you enjoy it? Yeah, I don't know what else I would do. And interestingly, they pay me for this, but it's rather intense at the same time. I think you almost have to be an OCD personality to be able to play this type of matching game. And that's really what it is. I mean, if you roll everything back, you have a, a whole bunch of different constituents to the different channels that you're trying to develop opportunities from. So if I were to kind of rank it, one, it almost requires a chameleon-like personality because there's going to be different personalities and personas for all the different type of people you're dealing with. Some people are very intense, very detail-focused oriented. Other people want to develop relationships and work with people they enjoy being around. So A, chameleon-like relative to the different types of personalities you're encountering. But then there's a substance piece. I think the world is littered with business development professionals who believe they can, if, if, they're, if they're good, fun people to hang around and they're good at developing relationships, they can be effective in a business development job. I would tell you that's a plus, but usually in professional or more sophisticated environments, what people are seeking out first is that you have good grounding knowledge around the type of things that you're selling, right? Because they wanna use you as the first stop 
to try and understanding if something is, is interesting, if something is possible, and what a potential engagement or relationship could look like in relationship to the value you can bring. Once, once you can check that box and have that level of conversation, right, the, the, the personality that is endearing, that is magnetic, that, that people want to be around, that's the, the second piece that's a really, really nice tackle. Mm -hmm. So now if, if somebody's you know, a student coming up or in another industry and they say, wow, I really want to do what, what that guy does, what Ken Greider does, what should they be doing to prepare for a career like yours? I, I, it's, I'll go back to how I answered the last question, which the underpinning basics that are active in an industry, you know, what are the, what are the types of services or products that are being sold that you would be trying to develop business for? First, begin by understanding the market that you want to work in, right? What, what is it you're selling? What's the value? Why do people need it? And what is the buying decision that they go through to decide who they want to work with? Understand I think separately communication classes, skills in reading people, mirroring people. And then I'll tell you, you probably agree with this, Carl, how much of this job in a development role is just time management, right? Prioritizing <laughs> your time. This entire effort in business development is trying to prioritize and use your time at its highest and best use. And so you gotta be able to juggle a lot of different things and then figure out how to manage that time and identify where your time is most valuable being spent really every minute of every day. So I would say those three are, are good places to start. So I got my MBA and I think it's helped me in, in my career. Um, I don't know that it would have been necessarily um, vital that I get it, but certainly, you know, to be director of the business development group, it's helped me maybe to get that promotion. I see you got your MBA as well. How important is that type of degree for a job like yours? You know, I, I listen, I have it, right? So I, I, I can't begrudge it. At the same time, I, I work with many MBAs that are overthinkers of things. Um, listen, I think there's some, some knowledge that's transferred in the MBA and from a credentialing perspective, it looks nice, right? Okay. And if you get some great professors and you do great in the program, hopefully there's an alumni network that can also be very helpful to you. So listen, do I say net net, it was a plus? In a development role, I go back to the top three things that I mentioned earlier. You know, be a master of the industry and understand what you're selling, understanding also mm -hmm. the, the, the buy decisions and what people go through to, to make a decision to hire someone. And then prioritization of time and then great communication skills. Oh, and one of the most important communication skills, and I'm going to do it now, is knowing when to stop talking. Right? <laughs> you can actually yourself. Once you have the order, get out of the room. Right. Once you've won, don't then shoot yourself in your foot. And I see it all the time. With yeah, other no, that's good advice. Good advice. So let's talk about the, the anatomy of a, a prospect. How do you find a, a prospect for what you do? And then how do you bring it through the sales cycle and ultimately close it? Yeah, that's a good question. So and, and I, I think everyone's sales cycle is different. Interestingly, in my world, where a lot of times myself, or my bankers that work on my team are the first people talking directly to prospective companies that we might work with. A lot of times we're not cold calling those companies directly. Our world is very much referral oriented. So in many cases, we're first talking with the referral source, the accounting firm, the law firm, the financial advisor, the private equity firm to understand situationally what's going on. 
and understanding what they're hoping to accomplish, right? Mm -hmm. So if it looks like there's a fit, there's an interest, and we can add great value, and it's a it's a it's a situation we want to get closer to, then we build out a team, we begin laying the tracks to build the relationship, understand how we can helpful, listening. Most, most importantly, listening. A lot of times the clues for what they want to accomplish incrementally to the right type of firm they're looking for to execute for them, it's going to be in the clues of how they describe what they want to do. So you listen, you get your arms around it. Ultimately, we're hoping we're not pushing them. We're, hope, we're hoping they actually say to us at some point, and there's a lot of ways to paraphrase this, but okay, how would this work? If, if we were to do this or we were to choose you, how would this work? Once that switch is flipped, right? Once that part of the conversation shifts and they say, how would this work? Then it changes in your educating around, here's our process, here's how we, we evaluate and get deals approved to work on or companies approved to work with them. Yeah, we get into things like fees and costs and timing, but always selling that whatever they're gonna pay us, it's gonna be fractional or minimal relative to the value that this should produce. And that logic holds true in our environment in most cases. Uh, once we're hired, there's a big, oh my gosh, we're hired. And then the real work begins, right? Because once you're in the door, then you have to deliver on everything that you had said you're gonna do. Our engagements typically run, call it four to eight months. So it's a mm -hmm. long process when you start an effort for a company to sell the company, take the company public, or raise material capital, amount of capital for them. But it's a, it's a, it's a, you're in this together, right? So we work through with them, hopefully getting to a close and accomplishing what, what they wanted to do. And then there's usually a big celebration at the end. So Ken, you, you mentioned that this is a referral-based business and it's very similar to, to my role um, at a law firm. And so in order to get those referrals, I, I have to, you know, really nurture my, my network. I have all sorts of little tricks, you know, to stay in touch with almost 15,000 people, which is, is daunting to think about. And, and I noticed you do that as well. So I, and I'm here to learn from guys like you, how you do it. And I've seen you do this because I've spent time with you. I've seen, you know, you, you uh, reached out and lent a helping hand to my son when he was looking for an internship and a job. And, and those things are really appreciated. Uh, you're, you're, you were kind enough to, um, get me into uh, an exclusive event uh, at, at a conference. And, and, you know, people don't forget those things. I remember those things. And, and so you always have that kind of good guy um, aura in my mind, right? You occupy that part of my brain. So when somebody needs uh, investment banking services, I obviously think of, of you, right? Because, because you've put some, some, some good um, seeds in the ground, if you will. And, uh, and so talk, talk to me about your philosophy of maintaining those relationships in the marketplace and having me feel the way that I feel towards you. Well, again, my, our philosophies where we're trying to accomplish the same things, our, our, our philosophies might be a little different as, as we get into this. And you know what, there's, there's not a right or wrong, right? There's just what works for the individual person. My personal philosophy relative to development is less is more. And I, I, I may have that luxury other, over business, other business developers because I have so many channels and I have so many potential constituents. So what I'm constantly doing, my teams are constantly trying to do is weed out and essentially consolidate and compress the number of firms or relationships that we're actually working with to source transactions from. Because 
it's um, at the end of the day, if you can provide more value to your referral partners than they're providing you, right? So it's it's an interesting equation, but ultimately in our world, that's as you know, Carl, that's in a lot of a lot of ways the way it works. If if I can be more valuable to their practice for working with me and wanting to send me things, I know I'm going to have a relationship that's going to last a long time and hopefully grow into something very valuable. So we would rather have fewer firms, fewer private equity, fewer MES funds, fewer venture funds, fewer law firms, fewer accounting firms, and go very deep with these firms. So we try and get to know the heads of business development, the heads of the corporate practices, and the accounting firms, the head of the tax and audit practices and transaction advisory, the, the founding partners at our venture uh, MES funds and private equity funds, because they're gonna be the ones making decisions, right? So if they know you're on a short list, um, it can be very meaningful to know that you're, you're seeing the opportunities that we have. And I'll tell you, we're also very data intensive, meaning the firm, the entire firm is supportive of what my teams do. So we have internal analytics that show us, this is gonna see, remember I told you about the OCD part, we're gonna be able to see where the firm professionally is spending all its money. We're gonna be able to see the private equity venture, MES funds, law firms that are bankers any transaction they're working on with one of those other constituents, whether referred to us or not, we're gonna see it. We're gonna have all the analytics as to which firms are doing the most transactions. We're gonna have the data as to who's sending, on the, sending us the most, who are we sending the most, and we can weight all that. And it can help us determine member time management. Where do we want to spend time? Very powerful when you walk into a meeting with the head of a private equity fund or the head of corporate at a law firm, and I've got a piece of paper that I can put in front of them that shows them every transaction our people have worked on, every dollar we've spent on them, everything they've sent us, and full knowledge of all the transactions that they've executed, and we can see where we stack. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, they're, they're, it's like a head scratcher, like, wow, we don't even have that. But it's, it's, a, it's a powerful tool, and I think as time moves forward, you're gonna see more firms leveraging the power of that technology. So you ask for the students, what else can they do? I'll tell you, knowledge of the technologies that are being used to develop business and track within the organizations that they might be working for, where are dollars being spent? Who are they working with? Who has sent them things? Who are they sending things to? Um, can be very powerful in demonstrating the strength of the opportunity of a relationship. All right, Ken, any lasting thoughts that you want to leave our audience with before we sign off? No, oh, I, I would say, remember, the, the business development job, it's, it's, it's a treadmill, right? It's not, it's not like a traditional job where you have a core function or you're doing the same thing day in, day out. Yeah, I would say another personality trait you have to be comfortable with is that business development people typically are not executing or providing the end service, right? So you have to be comfortable being on a treadmill and constantly replacing the opportunities that you're creating. But I would say the positive side or the flip side of that is that you're typically in an environment where you're meeting a lot of people, a lot of different people, and no day is the same, right? So if that type of fast-paced environment is fun to you, um, and you're really good at match game because a lot of it is putting pieces together. You met someone two years ago and it could be a fit now. If those dynamics of a, of a career are exciting, this could be the thing. 
Thanks, Ken. That was great advice. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on Rainmakers. You bet, Carl. Take care. Be safe. You have been listening to Rainmakers with Carl Grant.